Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are agents with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors in Wisconsin Rapids. Yes, that is correct. It has been a while since we did a podcast. We've been out helping families, so we needed to get back to this. And today is National Dog Day. It's August 26th, I believe. Yes. yes. And we've been putting out fires and... Not like legit not, fires, not, but... Not legit fires, but, you know, transaction Transactionally. Fires. Yes. Yep. So we just got done with a sale based on mom and dad finally made those last steps of life. And now the kids own all the kids own the home and they're ready to kind of close that chapter as far as what do we do with the house? How do we set this up? So that way we can get a sale. Everything can close. And the logistics of having four family members in charge of one home. What do you do with the estate and how smoothly do things like that go? It all depends on how mom and dad set it up ahead of time. So if they have a estate lawyer handling everything, usually one child is in charge of everything and all the the kids can have a discussion as far as what's going on with that that transaction. We usually have one person in charge so that way we're only dealing not not really dealing with. I mean, we're always concerned about all family members. But we'll have a point person. Yeah, we got we need a point person because too many cooks in the kitchen, nothing gets done. Right. Um, now, we're not going to give legal advice, but in an instance like this, it helps that all of the siblings are on the same page legally and they've got a document signed that says, yes, the one person is in charge of the estate in this case, the, the, the house sale. And so they're going to be the one approving and filling out things and getting signatures. That way we don't have to round up all four across all ends of the country. Right. And it was really, really nice. They had a nice estate lawyer helping them through mm -hmm. this process as as well. So it was nice to be able to team up with a local lawyer and work with a lawyer as far as getting a, the sale complete. So that was kind of a, a fun transaction. And oh my goodness, the buyers were so adorable. They uh, were. Wonderful. You know, it, I don't want to say young. I don't want to sound that old, but younger than me, certainly. And they were just adorable. First house, you know, starting the next first stages in life here. And it was kind of the new coming in where the old had left and it bringing new life into the house and the property. It was cool to see. Yes. Yep. And they were very, they liked the kind of the, the old school, but a little bit contemporary home yet too. They just loved the, this house of how it was laid out. They had their plans for all of their art stuff that they loved to do of where the window placements were. I mean, they just totally fell in love with this is going to be so cool. We can make this happen. So it was kind of fun walking them through those, those steps as far as what to do when purchasing a house. Even though the storm came through at the end of July and kind of threw a wrench into everything. We were very lucky with that, with that house. We didn't have we, we had some some storm damage, but nothing, no damage done to the house. So we had some trees down in the yard that was quick and, and easy and to to clean up. And but nothing was done to the house, which was really great. Right. And uh, unfortunately, not a lot of houses fared that well. Um, I know from where we live, we're kind of close to Winterfield and there is a whole bunch of destruction just down the street. And even now they're just finally picking up some of the last pieces of the, the house that were or the trees that were on top of the house. Yes. It definitely changed the skyline all across the city. I think we could see the fireworks a little bit better now. 
You bet. So one of the things that we wanted to discuss for a while is at what at what pace, how fast do these real estate transactions happen? And these sellers, we're talking specifically about sellers, really, um, feeling pressure that things are moving so fast because it's a seller's market. It is. And that's kind of the the one thing we always talk about when we do our listing presentation. There's an opportunity that we can have everything go super quick, as in we can do the listing, we can get the pictures taken, we can get it up on the MLS, we can get showings in there. And then you need to keep in mind that if we do everything that we need to do, you could be moving in 30 days. We could have an offer within hours and an offer accepted within hours, even of the listing going live. And yeah, the the process could be super quick. And if you have a unicorn, kind of the cash buyer who doesn't have anything else to sell and they just want to throw the money at you, they don't want any home inspections or anything, it could be two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks. But like you said, normally about 30 days. About, about 30 days is usually what we've been kind of seeing. Um, and then we kind of look at how we can control that pace. So if that pace seems a little too much for you, we always suggest, well, we can always price the, the house just a little bit higher than what we'd feel comfortable doing. Just so that way you get that feeling of, okay, so this is how showings go. This is how this goes. So you can feel that that pace and go, okay, I'm comfortable with this. And then when you're ready to do the, you know what? I want this house sold. What do we have to do? First thing we're going to do, you know, we can do the open houses. We could do all of that, but we're going to be doing a price reduction and getting it back into that area where you're going to start to see those showings and you're going to start to see that, that pace pick up. Those pace pickups always happen so quickly after you get that accepted offer because we got our earnest money that's usually due within the first week. We've got a lot of things going on in those first couple days. And then all of a sudden it kind of releases and relaxes and we're just kind of chilling. And then we get that week bef- that week of closing. A lot of things are happening. So again, a lot more things are going on. We're uh, hurry up and we're going to wait so that we can get it all done. So kind of getting that hurry up and wait idea together is is one thing that's kind of key. Or in a lot of cases, we'll have a push straight away. Say we, we priced it definitely in an active price range and we'll get a lot of showings. We'll get a lot of offers straight away. And even then we're dealing with so many different agents and so many different buyers. We can slow that process down a little bit with some negotiation. We can do multiple counter proposals, for instance, and instead of having to feel pressured that you have to take an offer right in the, the next hour and a half, we can make it take a little longer. You know, go ahead, sleep on it. We can, you know. We, we've done that with one of our, our listings that we knew was going to be a, a hot mm-hmm. house. So we kind of went into it knowing that and then doing letting the other agents know, hey, we're going to let families see this house. We want families to think about whether or not this is going to be the house for them. So we're not going to take any offers. We're not going to agree on anything until X day at X time. So that way it gives families a chance to get in so that way they can see the house, maybe come back for a second, a third showing, then write the offer and go, yes, this is what I really want. Exactly. Yeah. And then we're only dealing with an agreeable Upon offer, and then we're just dealing with one family because only one family can buy a house at a time. That is very true. 
And then we'll, we're dealing with that one buyer, that one agent, and us on the selling side in this case. Yeah, it, it's got some ebb and flows, but at least we're only dealing with one path. And that that tends to slow down, like you said, for a little bit until you get closer to closing. And we've got to make sure that everything then is satisfactory to everybody in the transaction. So the appraisal comes back good, the bank's happy with that, and underwriting and all those other things right coming together at the week of closing. Yeah, in the week of closing, it's always very touchy because you just never know what's going on. So we give all of the information we can to the other sides, the other sides take it to the bank, and then it's in someone else's hands. So there's a lot of waiting on other people. Mm -hmm. And that can get stressful for people who are looking at this as one of the biggest purchases in their life or a transitional type of thing, or we want to get rid of the estate and we want to get rid of these memories. All those emotions that also happen compounded on now we just, we have to wait and we can't do anything because we have to wait, but we want to know, but we can't know because we have to wait. We have to wait. And well, when the bank closes at five, most bankers are not working till six, seven o'clock at night where we do, you know, we'll still take phone calls late at night. We'll still take questions. We'll do it whatever we can late at night. So that way we can calm those buyers, those sellers down of, you know, when I last checked in at quarter to five, this is what I know. So let's give the bank till noon to do something else. You know, give them that, that time to look at those questions, get their answers, because the last thing we want to do is tell you something wrong. We would rather have you sit and percolate over not knowing for just a tad bit longer than give you misinformation. Because accuracy of information is is key with any transaction you're going through at all. And it's really hard when one one day everything is going really good and then the next day, oh no, something came up because people are looking at the paperwork. Oh, we missed a signature on this page. So guess what? That page has got to go back to whoever missed it. That needs to get signed. Then it needs to get back to the bank. And then we start the process all over again. So if it's a 200-page document and they didn't sign... On page 45, that means we start back over with page one and we relook at it from page one to page two and getting back to make sure that all of those T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Or something happens. And like I mentioned, we were putting out a lot of fires with our transactions. Maybe something came up in a home inspection or an appraisal. And now how do we creatively find a solution for that? especially if it's a physical construction sort of solution and we happen to have a major windstorm come through and all of our contractors are busy doing emergency repairs. We get creative. One of the things that I enjoy and uh, I, I like that we do, we take time to field questions from our clients, our customers. So if they have a question about the process, we'll listen to the question, we'll give them an answer uh, at least an answer that's as correct as we possibly can find. So that's another part of the process that gets a little overwhelming for people not knowing what's going on. Um, we've got a number of clients who are out of state. And so coaching them on how Wisconsin does things and how this particular area does things and how our contractors work together, you know, we're the trusted real estate advisors. And yeah, we'll we'll be happy to educate you on this process because we want to make, you know, lifelong 
customers out of everybody that they come back to us and you know we'll we'll walk them through and we'll field their questions and tell them this is why we do things and this is why the contract says what it does where it does and we want to maybe put out this fire with this creative solution and this is how it's going to benefit everybody and that's always good you know we always look at both sides of the coin because you know when it comes down to it it comes down to to money you know what is it going to cost me as the buyer was it going to cost me as a seller want to make sure that's all beneficial for for both sides that we're kind of that we're meeting in in the middle we found that middle ground and we can all agree on that middle ground where everyone feels like they're walking away of yep i did good right and that's one of the the two in hand sort of plays with buying the house is unless you're buying a brand new constructed house that you've specced out and you know what you're going to get into these are used houses. Some are more gently used, some are more roughly used. But a house built in 1920 has had a lot of use. So finding a compromise in between all that and understanding that you're, there's going to be stuff that might need to get fixed. Some of it's just general maintenance. Some of it's um, appliances that are reaching the end of their life or roof systems, siding, all those all those things that could be reaching the end of their natural life anyway. I mean, a roof could only be good for 30, 50, 80 years. So having a 200-year-old roof is exceptional. You know, you're walking into all these houses as it's a it's a used house. It's new to you. It's great. A lot of them have good bones and it's a good structure to work on. But what needs to be repaired, what's actually defective in the house and all those compromises. Yeah, and some of those compromises too is just maybe you're more handy. So changing out those outlets that need to be a GFCI you know, watch a few YouTube videos and yep, I can probably take care of that myself versus have someone come in and and do it. It's knowing that home ownership of at some point I'm going to do this. And if you're not handy at all and you're like, nope, just want to have someone come in and take care of it. Hey, great. We can find you someone. It may take a little bit of a while, but we can find you someone who can help you out with that. We know people. We know people. Mm -hmm. We've got a little black book of magical contractors that do fantastic things. Even sprinkler system. We've got a great guy for our uh, sprinkler system. That's one of the big things, this curb appeal, that definitely sells houses. We, we've had a number of people looking at particular houses that are built nearly the same uh, in the same general area of town, and it's like the same architect had the same plans that they sold to different builders. And the curb appeal walking up to the house definitely makes one more sellable than the other. Yes. So learning how to do that curb appeal, you know, keep your uh, front facade, you know, the landscaping, the lawn, sprinklers are a big part of it. If you don't want to do it yourself, yeah, we got guys for that. So we have some open houses coming up. We do? We do. I believe there's a house on 12th. Street South, 231 12th Street South. That is correct. We're going to be going over, we're going to be doing an open house on that um, next week, Tuesday. Or not really next week, Tuesday. It would be September 10th. So two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that from 11 to 1. We're going to have some snacks there as well. So it'll be interesting, you know, if anyone is looking to do an open house or walk through a house during their lunch break, you know, it's right in the middle of the day. 
Yeah. And then we're going to be doing the same house, but on Saturday after mid-afternoon from 1.30 to 3. So again, same house, different time, but just so that way we can probably catch some different traffic as, as well. And this is also the kind of third exciting time of the year. you got your spring push when everyone's getting, you know, ramped up to look at houses and the weather's getting nice and things are flowering. And you've got summertime where everyone's enjoying the summer, but they're looking and preparing ahead for the school year. And now we're into the School's happening. School is happening. Labor Day is right around the corner. So do you need to get into a house before winter? We could probably still make it happen. Oh, most definitely we can make that still happen. Maybe not before the snow flies because that could really happen tomorrow. It's Wisconsin. It is. But we definitely can get you in before Christmas and definitely before Thanksgiving. So, but just kind of, you know, the kids are now off in school and now moms and dads can come take a look at a home without having the kids around and they're worried about where the kid is going and are they touching the other kids' toys and what are they getting into and they can stop and they can actually look at the house and go, okay, I can see my Christmas tree in this corner. I can see us doing Thanksgiving dinner here. I can see the following things going on, which puts the parents kind of a little bit at a little bit relaxed. And then we always suggest to bring to do a second showing and bring the kids so that way they can see how the kids are going to react to the house. Are they going to find where all the running is going to be? Do you have that hot lap area? Do you need to kind of put up some gates? Do you need what do you else you're going to need as far as how the kids are going to react to that that particular house? And still playing in the yard, are the kids going to run into things? Is it going to be dangerous or is it really fun and enjoyable? Where are you going to put the pool? Where are you going to put the trampoline? Those types of things. Yeah. And if I can sit here at the kitchen table and still see the kids play in the yard, I don't have to deal with the bugs and the kids, I can still see the kids. That's important to do. And this time of the year coming into fall and autumn is also a good time if you're considering a move in the, uh, the late part of winter and early spring of next year. Start talking to us, start talking to the people involved with that, you know, get your bank on board and then we can start looking for housing. And it might be a situation where we'll find it earlier and maybe we can move earlier. We'll find the one that you're really looking for instead of then the heavy market next spring in 2020 when everyone gets excited again and things start flying off the market within hours. Correct. And really starting with the bank is so key. Even though, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, I really don't have have too much out there. You never know what that credit check is going to can flag. You know, those past medical bills that you totally forgot that you thought that you paid off, that you didn't pay off, those get flagged quite a bit of, oh, yeah, that's right. We did have an ear infection or I did go to the doctor for this reason, that reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. I Now I remember I should have paid that bill off. You're going to find out those and you're like, oh, that would have prevented me from buying a house. So working through some of those things is really big. So that way, as you're getting ready to move, you can also get your finances in order as far as what do I need to do now to help me in two months to purchase a house. Even to the point of knowing that you'll need a down payment of a certain amount, you might be approved for a certain highest amount but that'll require a down payment of so much. And now you got numbers to work on, you got numbers to focus on. So you can have that as a goal 
instead of, oh, and Christmas is coming, so I'm going to get a a PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, plus all these 20 billion games, and I'm going to put it on a credit card and things like that and compound your debt when really your goal that you want to for spring is to buy a house. You can save up for it. Right. Or even just knowing, okay, you know what? Hey, if I just take and I put X amount away and I don't use it so that way I can start going, okay, if I'm in four months, I want to have X amount for a down payment. I want to have that. Or I want it for doing the home inspections, for doing the appraisals, for doing all those little stuff that needs to get done. The money's got to come from somewhere. You know, just having that all put off to the side and say, hey, you know what? I saved up for for this. I saved up for this part and slowly making those those check-ins of, you know what, yep, I'm doing what I need to be doing and working with your bank as far as, okay, help me figure this out because that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. They want you to go through a successful transaction as much as we do because it's fun to own a house. I mean, it's it's a goal. It's, it's great. And the bank wants to help you do that. Um, starting with a banking institution that you're already working with. Uh, so if you already have your car through a certain lender, Go ahead and ask them, but then search around too, because if that doesn't fit you well, or they don't have the programs or options that might get you into a house with a better rate or better conditions, there are plenty of other lenders and we can help you find one. Yes. We got a nice list going as far as, you know, nice banks in in the area. They're all great people to work with. It's just finding that bank that's going to match your personality. And that's the kind of the key thing is trying to find someone that's going to match that personality for you. That's going to be able to understand, okay, this is what's going on. We can work with this. And if you're in a tricky spot, it might not be as bad as you think. There are a number of creative programs in our local institutions, our local banking institutions that are, you know, they they can take those troubled or complex situations and find a good solution that, you know, if you think you have to rent, excuse me, if you think that you have to be stuck in a rental type of situation, but maybe you really don't. And then you can start building equity as a homeowner. Right. And even to some of our cap services, you know, we can hook you up with, with them as far as getting new windows put into the home or a new furnace or getting you, getting you help for the fuel oil to keep the house warm during the winter months. We have those connections. All you got to do is just kind of do a, hey, I need help with this. You know, just letting us know this is, I want to do this. But, oh my God, now I looked at it deeper. And instead of having that big panic attack and not picking up your phone when we call, tell us, hey, I'm now concerned about this. I'm now concerned about this. How can I get help with this? We have those connections to kind of help you, guide you through some of those things that are going to be coming up or coming up in the fall. You know, if you need help with the windows, you need help getting the fuel oil into the tank. We have connections that can help you out that's going to help make that transition a little bit easier and a little bit helpful for you. And that also reminds me, I need to contact our friendly service technicians and come take a look at our furnace. Oh, yes. Furnace checks. You know, yearly maintenance. And it still should be warm enough that they can run through and do the air conditioning as well. Yes. So that's a. We'll leave that as the ending with our helpful handy tip. All right. Sounds good. So if you have any questions, you can give us a call here at 715-323-2577. Or you can certainly call the office directly. You can shoot us an email, you know, 
NikolaiHolmes at gmail.com. We'll be here for you. That's right. So we'll have you uh, see you next time. We'll, we'll see you on the podcast and on all the social media. And everyone have a great Central Wisconsin day. You too. Bye-bye.